to Dose of Khadijah, the podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about all things nursing, anesthesia, lifestyle, and fitness. I'm your host, Khadijah Lyons. Let's dive right into today's episode. Hey guys, and welcome back to Dose of Khadijah. We are here for our weekly installment. So, I recently asked you guys what it is you'd like for some of my episode topics to be about, and the most highly requested episode was why chose CRNA over an acute care NP. So I took a lot of time really writing this list and um, composing the factors into my decision, and I really hope that you guys get something out of this. Um, I really want you guys to remember that this is my personal opinion. These factored in for me and what I want my life to look like. Um, this isn't to pit any CRNAs against NPs or to sway you in one direction over the other. This is simply my experience. And um, because you've asked, I'd like to share it with you. So let's dive right in. So when I decided to further my career in education and become a nurse, I knew immediately that grad school would be the end goal for me. Um, I definitely thought about both, though. I thought about acute care NP and CRNA while I was in nursing school. And so that's where my decision to go into ICU immediately factored in. And then, of course, as I progressed through my nursing program, I would Google things here and there about acute care NP and CRNA to kind of help me decide where I wanted it to, to go. And then towards the end of nursing school, I had figured it out. I knew exactly that I wanted to do CRNA. I had devised the plan of the necessary steps it would take me to get there in the least amount of time. And uh, I'm going to share that list with you guys. So the first thing I did was I shadowed a CRNA. I was a nurse tech at a really big uh, hospital in Tampa, so I had seen NPs, I had friends that were NPs, and I kind of, you know, at work would pay close attention to the NPs and see their role and scope, but I did not know any CRNAs, and I had not yet shadowed. The only thing I knew about CRNA was what I found on Google, so it was important for me to shadow so that I can kind of see them live in action and see what the position entails and what it looks like. I immediately fell in love. When I went to the OR, I remember just being so excited. Um, I loved the structure of it, uh, the schedule. Um, I, I just fell in love with the whole atmosphere of, you know, pre-op, intraoperatively, post-op. And from there, I knew that CRNA, it, it was like solidified for me. So I definitely think that it is worth shadowing an acute care NP or CRNA if you're kind of on the fence between the two, because they then you get to see like real life, what it looks like, what they're doing, how they interact with the interdisciplinary team. And you just get a up close and personal look because uh, the internet cannot tell you certain things. You've kind of got to get there and get your feet wet. So I definitely recommend shadow. Um, it's a great experience. And oftentimes you can reach out if you work in a hospital, you can go to the surgery department or to, you know, NPs. They're often very open to having you shadow. And if not, um, social media is a great tool. Um, finding a mentor. Most CRNAs are ready and willing 
to have you shadow. Um, so don't be afraid to ask, you know, just be respectful, um, and communicate. Another reason I was attracted to CRNA was the role and scope. Um, I just loved how there was just a deep involvement of medical physiology and anatomy with anesthesia, you know, an emphasis on the cardiovascular and the pulmonary system and just the expert level of knowledge that the CRNAs that I've encountered you know, displayed to me. I just remember being like, wow, these, these people are incredibly smart and I want to do whatever I can do to get to where they are, not just in terms of their position, but their mind, right? Like they are so well-versed in medicine and what they do. And of course, I know there's acute care NPs that are versed in their specialty, but it was really an emphasis on the anesthesia and how they look at the moving parts, every single thing, you know, when devising the anesthetic plan. And that to me was just like amazing. Like, I don't know, like how they just plan for every event, right? Like everything has a plan. They have an answer to everything before it even happens. And to me, that was just amazing. And I was like, wow, I hope I can be there one day. Like this is, this is great. This is exciting. And just like, even when you look at the curriculum of NP versus CRNA, you know, if I did ever do an NP program, I really would have never wanted to do one online. I'm a very face-to-face learner. And I know a lot of NP programs are online. Um, there are still some face-to-face, but there is no CRNA program that's going to be online for three years. You may have um, distance learning incorporated, or for me, because of COVID, my first semester is primarily, you know, it's online, but I definitely wanted to be in the classroom for those three years. That was very, very important to me. Um, I just feel like I learn better like that. It is a more structured environment, and i um, I do well with structure. So that was another important factor for me. And I just wanted to kind of give an example. Um, So when physicians go to medical school and they complete their medical school training and they're deciding on a residency or specialty to choose, we never really question or say, you know, why they choose emergency medicine or are they better than that physician who chose oncology? It's, it's just a preference. It's a specialty, right? So it's the same thing with acute care NP and CRNA. It's literally just a preference. Like what do you want your life to look like? What do you want um, your career outlook to be? It's just, it's literally a preference. And another comment that I get a lot from, it was often from other nurses or even from like some nursing students. I don't know. People all around will say like, are you sure you want to do CRNA or doesn't, isn't that boring? Like, don't you think it's boring? I want to make something very clear. Your surgery or when you are a surgeon or an anesthesia provider, it should be uneventful. Like this is someone's life. They have come to the hospital. Very unlikely that it was by choice, of course, unless it's something cosmetic, but even still they are entrusting their life in your hands. So 
we're not going to hope that something goes wrong. So it makes our day a little bit more fun, right? Like it should be uneventful. Medicine and medical technology has come an extremely long way and there are standards set in place to ensure delivery of safe and efficient care. And we should all be grateful for that. Um, I'm sure that as I progress through my anesthesia career and learning there will be instances that you know are out of my control or there might be problems that arise in the OR but I hope to work through those efficiently and at the end of the day make sure that my patient is safe and they come out of the OR right and they're able to return home to their families and things like that um so I don't really understand when people ask me like oh is it boring like it's not sustainable for a job. It's not mentally and emotionally sustainable for your job to be this high acuity, stressful situation every day, all day, every year. Like, how are you going to be in a career like that for 20, 30, 40 years? Like, it's not good for you. So um, that was always an awkward question I would get. Um, I did want to address that because that is something that a lot of people say. And I think that as we stated, shadowing will definitely help you see that it isn't, it isn't boring, even when it's uneventful in terms of safety, right? Like it's still not boring, right? You did something amazing. You literally put someone to sleep and you woke them up and they're able to go home now. And hopefully they remember nothing and they don't feel this immense amount of pain and you were able to do that for them. So I think it's extremely rewarding actually. Another factor I wanted to talk about that I feel like would be unfair to leave out and um, I want to be this whole podcast is about transparency and honesty. I'm going to talk to you guys about pay and salary as in terms of acute care NP and CRNAs. When you are thinking about any career pathway, you should definitely look into the educational journey, but also the financial reward. Like what is what are the benefits of this financially, right? Like we all have plans, we have futures, we want to, you know, live in nice homes and drive nice cars and hopefully put our children through college. And that all takes money, right? So any, pretty much any medical degree also costs money and you're taking out loans that have to be paid back. So you want to make sure that you're picking a career that's lucrative, that will sustain you and your family financially for years to come. So I was definitely something that I looked at when deciding NP versus CRNA. And, you know, on average, CRNAs make more than NPs, especially out the gate, like the average amount of um, annual salary that a CRNA is going to make it varies from anywhere from 160 to 170 thousand dollars upon graduation, and there are salaries that exceed that even at graduation. So it was definitely something that made the career even more attractive, right? It wasn't only that I liked what it entailed and the rolling scope, but the financial reward was great. And so I didn't really want to make this video and not talk about that. Um, and yes, there are NPs that come out of school and make six figures and do very well for themselves. So I don't want to take that away from them. Um, but for me, it was a decision that I decided to make on personal preference based off all the factors that we spoke about. So 
Um, I definitely wanted to talk about money and there are great sites. A lot of people will ask me like, well, where can I find this information such as glassdoor.com and salary.com where you can type in the career, um, the demographic, the area and see on average what people are making and what, you know, the financial profile of that career pathway looks like. So you can definitely utilize those sites, not only for medical careers, but for anything. Um, and I definitely recommend you doing that before you decide to commit to a career and then, you know, you're stuck with all these loans and it's very difficult to pay back because, um, yeah. And another th- a question uh, a lot of people asked me about was financial literacy and planning for grad school. I spoke about that in a previous episode, so be sure to tune in to that as well. Just trying to remember if there's anything else I didn't hit on, but I think that was it. So we can go and do a little concept check um, why I chose acute care over CRNA. We talked about the importance of shadowing so that you can see what that role will look like. Um, We talked about the deep involvement of medical physiology, cardiovascular and um, pulmonary anatomy, and the expert level of knowledge that I've admired in CRNAs. We talked about the educational pathways, just basically the the preference and specialty. That's what it all boils down to. If you want to be in the ICU every day and, you know, taking care of patients and, you know, that's what you're into, that's fine. That's just what you want to do. If you want to be in the OR and you want to um, put people to sleep every day, then CRNAs for you. Also, you have to look at demographic, like where do you want to live? And that will play, I think, a major factor into picking a career as well. Different states um, have different laws pertaining to autonomy um, in terms of acute care NPs and CRNAs. Uh, So that's something that you should definitely look into when deciding. It's something that I looked into. I made sure I research the states that I would like to live in. I have no idea where I'll be in three years, but I kind of have a list of where I'd like to be. And I've researched what the role and scope of a CRNA looks like there, what the salary looks like there. I think everyone should do that. And also one thing that I wanted to discuss is job outlook. For CRNAs, they pretty much have their jobs secured six months before they even take boards. Many CRNAs have, that's not an issue, right? Coming out of school and finding a job is no issue. You actually will have most of the time, several things to choose from in terms of state, money, salary. And unfortunately, just from my personal experience and NPs that I'm friends with, they tend to have a difficult time finding the job that's right for them, right? You know, which includes the specialty they want, you know, the pay that they're hoping to get, the vacation, health benefits. I definitely didn't want to think about that, right? I don't want to slave in school for three years and then be done and not have a job right away. You know, my I'm in this program so that I can eventually make money. So I want to know that when I'm done and I pass my boards, I have a job and that is something I don't want to think about. I just, I want my job. So that was definitely a factor that came into play when deciding, um, CRNA, I thought it was extremely attractive that the CRNAs I spoke to were like, oh yeah, I had my job, you know, 
way before I was done, I actually had to tell them to wait because credentialing sometimes can take so long, but you know, I was ready to go. I think that is, that has to be frustrating for the NPs that have went through, you know, school for two to three years and then they're coming out and they're having a hard time finding a job that they like. And I know personally from nurses that I've worked with who literally had graduated NP school six to 12 months and they were still working at the bedside because they had not found something that was rewarding enough or lucrative enough for them. So they said, you know what, I'm not going to sell myself short. I'm just going to continue to practice as an RN until the right opportunity comes for me. But I know that has to be extremely frustrating after dedicating so much time and commitment. So that's not something that I wanted to deal with. Of course, that's not the case with every NP. So I just want to keep giving these disclaimers because I know There are a variety of followers that will listen to this, and I don't want anyone to feel like I am demeaning or belittling the nurse practitioner career pathway. I think it's great. You know, we are all providers, so I don't think anyone is better than anyone. As I've stated before, it is all just personal preference. And I think that about wraps it up for this week. I can't, I love sitting down and talking with you guys. I'm still sifting through the list of topics you guys sent in. And I hope that um, you enjoy this week's episode. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at Khadijah Lyons to give me any more suggestions. And yeah, I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. This concludes today's episode. Once again, I'm your host, Khadijah Lyons. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in weekly. You can also follow me on Instagram at Khadijah Lyons to keep up with my day-to-day. Talk to you guys soon.